0: Hi and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am the podcast and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acas Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season 3 is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to and what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am the podcast past and future completely ad free so no interruptions whatsoever what could be better. Anyway enough of the serious
1: blurb let's crack on with the show. Alright, I'll do it. sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com switch. Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to fifteen dollars per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active mint customers by five thirty one twenty-four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood (laughs) f So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Today I'm speaking with a queen that is talented, beautiful and also super, super lovely. Their actors are standout on the Brighton circuit and if you've not seen them before, you really must. You will not be disappointed. Please welcome to the podcast, Johnny Salters-Monroe, aka the incredible Cherry Bomb. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. Cherry, <laughs> <laughs> hi Andrew. Fluid, welcome to the podcast. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Have how to be here?
0: How are you feeling today?
3: I, do you know what? I am feeling fabulous. I'm feeling great. I'm good. I'm just back from a restful break in Ibiza. Yes, in oh, Ibiza. I in love Ibiza Bifa vibes. Did you have a good time? I had the best time. Like it was. I always do this with holidays. Like I never know how much I need them until I have them. You have them, yeah, and then. Oh my God, it was so good. Was it? So Whereabouts good. did you go? So we always go to the same place we've been going for years. We've been going, we've worked it out, we've been going for like 10 years. Okay, Um wow. Not every, not every year, mm. but um, we've been probably about six times. I think that was our sixth time. Um, and it's just lovely. We go near Talamanca, Talamanca Beach, which okay. is um, a beautiful part on the south coast, nice. not far from the airport, which is easy. Um... And yeah, just like ten minutes from the old town, nice, like really nice, nice, near some of the clubs. So you got the balance of both. You can kind yeah. of you can of chill, party, you but can then party chill. exactly. So nice. we, did, I think we did, we did the most partying this time we've done did you? ever. Yeah, we did four, we did. I think we did five parties across four days. Wow. Which sounds like a lot, and it was a it lot. It Kind of is, though, isn't it? Yeah,
0: and it's like really expensive in Ibiza it, as well, isn't it? Like it is, but you know, stuff. but you know, if you if you work it
3: right, I'm telling, I'm here to tell you, Cherry is here to tell you, if you work it right and you get on the guest list <laughs> oh, and you get in for free to okay. some of them, it's quite, it's naughty and nice.
0: Okay, so it's um, who you
3: know, basically, it's who you know. Well, no, just I mean, just go up the Gay Street, go up Calle de Verhens
0: and and sweet talk the bartenders, and you will get where you want to go. Okay, amazing, your <laughs> eyelids, you'll be in. I've not been to Ibiza since. So I was twenty, and I'm thirty-eight. You are not thirty-eight. I feel like you have to say that to yeah, people, don't you? I am thirty-eight. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, yeah. you don't look a day over thirty-seven.
3: <laughs> so <long>. um, I... <laughs> I've literally just turned thirty-eight. So that,
0: well, there you go. I did. Well, I shaved my beard off for pride, Ooh. and um, it's I got—I is back, but I got ID'd at centre stage. And I was well oh. chuffed for that. I thought this is doing something for me.
3: Do you know? I've always had the thing, and I think that's why I always say to people like people get very caught up on age. I find it quite mm. fascinating because um, I'm I'm an older queen. Do, do I say that? No, I'm not an older queen cause I'm not. I don't consider myself an, an old person, but I came to it very late. Yes, and I fear I'm thirty. What thirty six now? Okay. Um... Oh, I've given it away, haven't I? People do hold it though, don't they? Age and stuff. Um, But I feel like I do. I mean, I feel like I look young enough for my age. I don't particularly put any stock in it. But but yeah, I have a weird concept of age because I've got a brother. I'm the youngest of five. Okay, oh wow. And I've got a brother who is the eldest. Mm -hmm. And... He does not look his age. What age is he now He's like 50s, like 50, early fifty. God, see, this, this is where yeah. I get it wrong. I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anyone's age. And when people talk about age, I get very uncomfortable because I feel like I've got a little bit of, I feel like I've maybe got age autism where I don't know what someone Doesn't looks register. like. It, I mean, yeah. the oldest people in the world, like you look at some people who are still about in the scene, who yeah. are older, who are fabulous, like yeah. absolutely fabulous, full yeah. of energy and full of life. And absolutely. I think... It's that whole thing of when you start to think about your age and how old you are, you start to become
0: quite old. I think you? so. I think so. That's why I've been out four times this week and just had some just had fun. It. I'm like, hey, Oh we're it. just gonna have some I think as well, also if you if you do focus on that kind of stuff too much, you do restrict yourself maybe you don't do things that you enjoy because you think, well maybe it's not appropriate to yeah. do that or age appropriate. So, yeah. What who's she? It's bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> exactly. So if you had to pick a song today to reflect your mood, how uh, what would your song be? Not how? What would your song be? Oh, do you know what? I'm not even flustered by by this one because I have, as I just told you, listened to all of season one and
3: I've heard you ah. catch people off guard <laughs> with this. Um so you're prepared. But I, I'm prepared a little bit for this one, but not really. I, I mean, I don't know if it really sums up my day, but the le- the last song I listened to uh-huh. was it was earlier today and it was Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name Of, okay. <laughs> which is probably not the answer you expected no. from Cherry Pop. <laughs> but, um, but it is definitely, is one of the ones that kind of... Uh, I feel like you probably don't get that if you've seen a show, man. You don't, you don't, yeah, send, yeah. you don't necessarily grasp all of the bits, like all the kind of yeah, yeah. um, the bits that I, I love because I've got quite an eccentric uh, or or um, a broad taste. liking eclectic. taste, eclectic mm, taste mm, in music. That's mm. what, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, Because I don't know, I I didn't go through life as one of these people who like, there's a lot of people who go, oh, music's my life and this is whatever. And I'm not, I I genuinely don't feel like I'm one of those people. But when I think about certain tracks and certain music and certain types of music, Mm -hmm. it definitely transports me. Mm -hmm. And Cherry has a big... a big part of that for me is a big part of that for me Um, but the Rage Against the Machine thing is just because my Spotify is completely filled with those kind of things because my growing up I was totally kind of into um, rock and alternative and punk and stuff like that Um, but listening to it earlier and I did kind of have in the back I I knew that obviously I was coming here to speak to you and um, it it just has one of those messages Do, do you know the song you know I, no, I don't, uh, you know, don't. If I'm honest, no. But it goes. It, so okay. So I mean, I'm sure people will know. Uh, it's quite a popular song, but it's one of those songs. And actually, it came back recently because it got put. It, it became Christmas number one a couple of years back because oh, it beat like um, one of the X Factor yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah because yeah. they there was a campaign to yeah. make it number one. Yeah. Um, but it was from. I mean, it's from years ago the 90s. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it's it's that song that goes. Da, 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 da. I won't do what you told me, like that, yeah, that kind yeah, of. Yeah. And it's this—it's this track that just kind of hits back against like authority. And yeah. it—it was—it's by Rage Against the Machine, who were who were famously kind of anti—anti <laughs> anti everything that was okay. kind of going on in politics and stuff. Okay. And this was kind of um, one of those incidences in America where there was a black guy who was beaten up by four L- L- LAPD cops, and it went wild because it was on C- CCTV, and mm-hmm. it was kind of one of those first instances of this rage against this uh Mm. this system and uh without getting too much into it like that i I just love the beat of it i love that but then also on Mm. probably more of a cherry bomb side (laughs) i was also listening a lot to um uh don't rain on my parade by miss (gasps) dry so by barbara uh, not the glee version uh, uh, oh jesus
0: (laughs) Mm. i love the glee version no
3: i mean Leah michelle god she's got her She's got her day in the sun now, hasn't she? After ten years ago at the Tony Awards, and she's like, "Give me this role." Yeah. Now she's Miss Fanny Bryce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I I think I don't think it gets quite more eclectic than that. Like "Rage Against the Machine" and uh, and, uh, "Don't Rain in My Parade." But for me, that song as well about being like that was my whole my whole thing about Cherry Bomb was that Mm -hmm. kind of I guess the starting point was this kind of deluded star who Mm -hmm. (laughs) who dreamed of like (laughs) of stardom. And the reality was that uh, that she was kind of this, does this,
0: does that, bit of this, bit of that, mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and, it's good to have yeah. different tastes, though, isn't it? And it's, yeah. you know, I think music is, um, I don't know, you can get so much from music. And I, I'm transported to different times, like you said. And I, I've got this really freaky thing, like I can remember the year an album came out. So if a song comes on the radio... I go, oh, that was two thousand and four, or oh, that Stop was, it. yeah, I do. And what really annoys me is like you listen to history, and they're like, oh, history hits, and it's like something from two thousand and seven. I'm like, that was just yesterday. That's not like history. That's yeah. you know, a song that was literally just on the radio. Yeah. It's kind of a bit crazy.
3: See, I feel like I'm the opposite. I have no idea at what point in time anything happened, okay. but I do have a good memory for certain things. But okay. no idea. Don't ask me when it
0: happened. Okay, that's yeah. too much uh, tequila rose. Probably yes.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've done that to you. I don't drink tequila rose. Do you, do know, you know what? what? Funny story, and I do have a packet of Rennies in my pocket and I'm not ashamed of it. Tequila rose always reminds me of like um what do you call it? Peptobosm Peptobismo. Oh, yeah, anti-acid yeah. stuff. Yeah. Other brands are available. Um <laughs> But every time they drink it, and they do it a lot in brunches that I do, they have mm. these tequila rose shots and I will refuse I cannot. Because it just looks to me, it looks enticing. Because it looks like a, a shot of peptivism. Yeah, acid. Caravan
0: Park calls it naughty quick, which <laughs> oh, I think is Jesus quite quite apt. Actually, it's it it is like you're not drinking alcohol. It's just uh, I admit know. I
3: did drink. I have had one before, and it tasted me a bit like a watered down angel delight. Do you remember Angel yes. Delight
0: Children <sighs> of the Idiots? Yeah.
3: yeah, Sunday evenings watching
0: Malickus oh, yeah. Angel. Oh, God, did you watch Malickus right?
3: Angel on Sunday? I tried to avoid it. <laughs> <if I'm> honest, <laughs> Antiques Roadshow was the sign of death. It was like Sunday Ooh, when you have to go to school. school.
0: Oh my goodness, it's yeah you. and you would be like oh I've got school tomorrow it's really annoying
3: yeah and I ran
0: up and listened to Alanis Morissette in my room yeah (laughs) Theo loves Alanis Morissette (gasps) Mm. so I can tell by the accent but for Mm. anyone that hasn't guessed where did you grow up and where do you call home now oh I grew up in wee old Northern
3: Ireland um yeah Northern Ireland, um, 80s child, mm-hmm. grew up there in the countryside. I don't know, I don't think I have a very thick Northern Irish accent, but I think it's quite easy to tell. Yeah, I do always play around a bit with my gigs where I ask people to guess where I'm from, and I have had some uh, interesting attempts at to guess where I'm from. A lot of people think I'm American, oh,
0: okay. Scottish,
3: I don't know. Um, but no, very much Northern Irish, grew up um, kind of between a place called Moira and Lisburn, okay. which is... About fifteen minutes from belfast mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was lovely, very kind of i mean countryside mm-hmm. growing up but with four older siblings, mm-hmm. some of whom had already flown the nest um so yeah for it was it was kind of yeah. That's that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, we might like? come back to we might come back to certain uh, things my yeah. of my childhood, or, um, but yeah. And now I call home
0: um, Hove. We live in Hove. Oh, Hove, actually. I've actually, yeah, Hove. yeah. Me too. Me too. Mm. But what? So what was it like growing up as a queer kid in Northern Ireland? I mean, mm. was that something that was easy or was it difficult for you? Or what was your experiences? I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not
3: going to say it was. Um, easy or I Mm. I, I definitely I'm privileged to say that I did not have a a horrendous kind of tale of growing up of Mm -hmm. um but I I think equally it was not the best place to grow up Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think time-wise it's not Mm -hmm. in Northern Ireland around that time was not the 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 best place to be a queer person and queer wasn't even a thing I mean it was gay like and and the thoughts that you have growing up and I and I I don't want to I don't want to spend the whole podcast being in therapy and talking about gay sh- <laughs> queer shame because um, I heard a lot of that in your first, um, season one. Yeah. A lot of people talked about Christian, but it, for me, it, I mean, it's a funda- fundamental part of my life was mm-hmm. shame for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think actually we'll probably get to it, but like Cherry Bomb is such a release of that shame for me and, okay. um, and everything. I mean, growing up as a kid, I think a lot of people can relate with being the person who kind of, I, I don't consider myself, I don't consider myself a particularly effeminate person but Mm um but as a child i would say that i probably was quite you know uh an Mm -hmm. outgoing kind of flamboyant Mm -hmm. child Mm -hmm. um with a lot of tells, Mm -hmm. as we would call them now but um but at the same time i kind of i I know i've been doing a lot of digging into whether that is even a thing because Mm -hmm. i think we're told that, oh, we knew he was going to be gay because of this. But equally, the amount of people I've met in my life who are straight men or straight women or whatever, mm-hmm. who had those same traits, they're just childish traits, they're mm-hmm. just certain things mm-hmm. that I think we associate with certain sexualities, which is very, very odd that we yeah. se- associate it with sexuality. But but yeah, anyway, growing up, um, yeah, I, was, I, was, I kind of ran about the house and uh, my fondest memories are running about. We were quite fortunate to have quite... A nice big house because I I was kind of born like I said as the fifth into a large family. Mm-hmm. My parents didn't have anything when they were when they were, when they got married when they had their first kids. They started their own business and they um they they end up being able to buy this little bit of land in the oh, countryside nice. off a off a farmer and build this house like we were wow. we we're able, we're able to put this money together to build a house. The business was on the edge of it um, in a porter cabin. My mom okay. did the accounts. My dad did the sales. Um, and yeah, so I grew up hearing the story of this, this kind of business that grew mm-hmm. from nothing um, and grew up in this house. that was lovely. And I, uh, I used to run about my favorite room in the house was the hot press, as we called it, where the boiler was. And I used to grab towels and sheets and throw them around me and run about. I was always in naked, nice. scantily clad child uh, still am and uh, <laughs> ran about in sheets and stuff um, and always had that kind of look in my mum's end wardrobe but the heels section I'm like oh uh-huh. they're too big for me but mm-hmm. um, but yeah I think I did of that I always had that thing that sense of I don't know what it is and I don't know where I got it from but I always had this thing for um, wanting to
0: be that or emulate mm-hmm. that that energy mm-hmm. I think i was the same actually I think mm-hmm. I always yeah I would kind of sneak to my mum's room and try our heels on, and yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, and but I think it's just I don't know. Maybe it's because I didn't really want to play football. I didn't want to do like the stuff that the kind of other boys were doing. Like my brother was very much kind of you know, like my dad was a carpenter, so my brother had like a woodwork set and a hammer, and and I'm just not interested in the slightest. Whereas all my girlfriends in the street had buggies and Mm. dolls, and I'm just drawn to it. So. I don't know whether there is anything behind that, or whether Mm. actually I just liked the idea of that being more fun than the other. You know, it's. I think it's that. I think for
3: me, and I think we all kind of question that and assign certain things to Mm. it. And for me, I've just always been very like I studied design. I was in like I worked my careers in fashion, been in fashion, and I have always been very hands-on with stuff like that and creative mm-hmm. and colour and mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of things for me and with everything that I do is about um, something that's unexpected, something that's not quite the norm and mm-hmm. not quite, and I think that for me was I had older brothers. My next sibling up was my brother um, who was very into football, very into like mm-hmm. scout, like all, the, all those stereotypical kind of boy things. Boy stuff, yeah. um, And and I do. I mean, some of them I like, and some of them I genuinely enjoy now. But then I think I was just the. I, I rebelled against that. Mm. I rebelled against that sibling or against mm-hmm. that attitude, and mm-hmm. and did what I wanted wanted to do. And, and was kind, that kind of, of welcomed? Was it? Were you?
1: Um,
3: yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I was the. Anno- I was definitely the annoying yeah. child. <laughs> I was the one. Um, and I recently went to a family thing. Um, And spoke to a cousin who I haven't spoken to in a long time, and she was like, "Oh, you were so annoying, but we loved you." (laughs) And I'm like, "Okay, well, you could have told me more about the love side instead of the (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah." (laughs) Uh, And then maybe I wouldn't have grown up uh, seeking everyone's approval.
0: Um,
3: (laughs) 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 But it's true, you you grew. I I was definitely, and I think I think it's really interesting that I'm doing now that I've been doing Mm. Cherry Bomb, like it is a performer kind of thing. And I think that I get so much, I'm obviously a people pleaser. Like mm. I, I, I've, I know that of myself and I know not to, I know to try and not put too much stock in that. But when you're on the stage and when you're performing and when you get a round of applause and when you get good feedback and mm. when you put smiles on people's faces, that is joyous like mm. that. I get my energy from that. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what I love to do. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Also Cherry Bomb, we will come on to that because, mm. um, you know, I've seen you a number of times now and I absolutely love watching you mm. perform. Um, But I love your, I think your look, your voice, your energy is very different to anyone else on the scene, actually. Um, And I've seen a lot of the queens over the last 10 months uh, performing in the different pubs and stuff. So, um, obviously, um, one of my questions was, when did your love of performing start? But I think we've just kind of covered that, really. Mm You were always looking to maybe put on a show or whatever. But how was Cherry Bomb created originally?
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I the show thing, I guess, I, I've never... I come from a family of kind of people who sing, play instruments and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I love it. I love... There's nothing... And I think it's quite, I guess, probably a stereotypical Irish thing. Mm-hmm. Like having a sing-song and having a get-together and stuff. You, mm-hmm. all, It always happens. Um, I just ne- wasn't necessarily the person who ever sang, who, okay. ever, who ever did ever, anything. I played piano a bit. Um, I did grades in piano and stuff. But um, that was just kind of through school and stuff. I never got that kind of buzz performance from it. Mm-hmm. Um so i i mean where it started was uh during lockdown me and my lovely husband gary who's sitting across there um who we affectionately call g bomb <laughs> in the, in the bomb family um we started to uh do facebook live shows um And it was kind of, it's weird, it's weird talking about it now, but Mm -hmm. at the time it was like everyone had some sort of show, well, Mm -hmm. people had quizzes, people had family quizzes, all those kind of stuff. And we, our friend Spice, who um, lovely drag queen Spice, uh, who at the time was, I think, still living in um, Lanzarote. Um, who's now living in Spain, was doing Spice's Fact Hunt, which was like a weekly quiz thing. Okay. Um, and we used to get like family involved in that. And, and also friends around Brighton and stuff. We were, mm-hmm. we're always watching uh, and we'd do that. And then it got to the point where we were kind of like, I can't remember what exactly prompted it, but we thought let's do let's do a bit of a, like fun night and it was originally a one-off like let's do Saturday night um, with Cherry Bomb mm-hmm. and we we came up and I, I think Cherry the name Cherry Bomb we kind of come up with that because I hadn't I hadn't really done drag before mm-hmm. I'd only done I kind of uh, bought a couple of wigs without knowing what to do with them and they definitely were not the wigs that I <laughs> <like, laughs> wear now. they were like they were like there was a neon yellow one oh, wow. it was like oh god yeah she's come a long way um, but that was I mean just before COVID I was kind of doing that and and dabbling probably with the idea of what that would be, and, mm-hmm. um, but never, ever imagining that I would be a drag queen mm-hmm. or like a, mm-hmm. definitely not a singing drag queen um, or, or performing. Um, so, uh, yeah, during lockdown, we kind of thought, okay, let's do this show. And we, we thought we'll do something really camp and really fun. And mm-hmm. like, it was more just to kind of surprise our friends, mm-hmm. a group of friends who were always kind of um, joining in in those things. Uh, and we did it we put we put together a show Gary and me figured out how to um live stream on okay. facebook uh used like a, a, a live streaming thing and we came up with the idea of doing a game show mm-hmm. and that we would use our connections within the cabaret and entertainment circuit um and i think spice was actually a guest on that first that first show um and a, a few others um were on there um I can't remember who exactly at the minute, but Billy Gold and Snow White Trash and people like that. Those, like, we had lovely friends who, yeah. who agreed to do it because no one was fucking doing anything either. No. Everything closed down and it was this bizarre kind of void mm. of, of entertainment. And I mean, the, the the sad reality of it was that so many gigs had been lost by a lot of mm. those performers and all those people who are used to gigging every mm. weekend. So we thought, we'll. We'll do a camp kind of version of a Saturday Night Game Show, mm-hmm. and we did. I think the first game was Blankety Blank,
0: was Which it? Which I watched on I think Facebook. It was, yeah, I think yeah. our
3: first ever show was Blankety Blank, mm-hmm. um, and I we I, we prepped everything. I had the like sign written. I had all this stuff done. We figured out where we're going to prop the camera. It's hilarious looking at it now because we it was literally a camera propped on a on a bookshelf yeah. in our living room. Yeah, I was wearing like. Um, God, I don't know, some like bodysuit I'd bought on Amazon and uh my blonde wig, which um actually I do still use as cherry bomb. Um <laughs> I think I use it as one of my prop wigs. Um and yeah, and we just did this show. We just went live and just went, do you know what? For the next couple of hours we're just gonna like have a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And we did a classic kind of blankety blank thing, because I grew up on on Lily Savage mm-hmm. and and Lily Savage on mainstream TV doing mm-hmm. um doing blankety blank and it was just, it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was a car crash. I mean, it was awful. It did really uh, well,
0: done. The, was, I watched it for the research and oh, I thought it looked kind. really good.
3: Oh, you're kind. Uh, no, it was all... It, and the point was, it was, supposed to, it was supposed to be like one of those things where we just, we did it. We didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah. Some of the answers that the, the guys had were just hilarious. I had the TV screen next to me, my flat screen TV, mm-hmm. with all of them on Zoom or whatever we had mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, we did a sound check before and it was just hilarious. And it, do you know what? It was just lovely to see them and talk to them uh, yeah. like friends and then mm-hmm. have people watch and comment mm-hmm. um and and then yeah from there we kind of did we agreed to that we, we just decided right that's it every mm-hmm. saturday night we're going to do something mm-hmm. and it built from doing a game show to me then doing all sorts of skits through the week filming this stuff and just editing it together on this editing app and and I became kind of this massive editing geek on like um mm-hmm. on editing software for videos and ended up putting these things... I mean, one week we we sent cherry into space. <laughs> it was the week that they it was the week that they went to the space that they went um into space. they sent the two astronauts up into space and uh we were watching I remember distinctly we'd done a whole run of shows and we were both knackered. like Gary had yeah. his day job. my day job had shut down pretty mm-hmm. much um because in fashion everything just mm-hmm. closed down and uh and Gary's job was really busy, so at the weekend he was knackered mm-hmm. I was knackered from like doing nothing uh, and uh, <laughs> sitting, and we got to the point where we were like we're going to take a week off and then we did the quiz on Thursday night uh, on Spice Spice's online quiz and Spice said oh I expect Cherry's going to do something marvellous this weekend like go into space or something and because we had the space launch thing, and I commented and said absolutely, and then that was it. I had two days to put together did you a space themed, a space themed. We did. Amazing. We had tinfoil everywhere. I had a, I had a, I had a silver puffer jacket on with a belted thing. Gary was dangling a, um, a high heel across the camera to look like I, it was floating in space. <laughs> it was, it was the campus thing I think I've ever participated in Pretty and on. seen in a long time. It was, it was very fun. Yeah. So it, it propelled from there.
0: And I think, you know, that time, we've talked about this lots on the podcast, but that was the time to be creative or really think about life or do what you want to do. So, you know, that time was a real shitstorm for a lot Mm. of people, for everyone, really. Mm. But then to have something quite amazing come out of it and Mm. to be now doing your thing as Cherry Bomb, I mean, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? Well, I I honestly, if you ask me, I
3: cannot quite pinpoint how it happened Mm, mm. and how I am I mean, back then, we were just week to week, like, doing ridiculous stuff. And, and to be honest, I know, like, that, that year for me, that first lockdown year, mm-hmm. was not tough at all. Mm-hmm. And I know it... it I'd, we've spoken to a lot of people about it now, but different people had affected different ways. The first year for me, because work had died down so much, it was a lovely summer, like, mm-hmm. of things. And it sounds awful me saying that now, because I know a lot of people struggled that first point. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the real struggle came last year. Yeah. I mean, my, my kind of... Oh, like last year was for me like a a kind of mental write-off and Mm -hmm. and I experienced um I experienced mental health like I've never ever thought I would or had Mm -hmm. like um and for me the biggest thing about that is talking about it and and being honest about it because there would be times where I just would not even Mm -hmm. talk about it and Mm -hmm. um so yeah for that for that time, I look back on it fondly because that was us being creative and yeah. and i we sort of heard a lot about uh, about a lot of people being forced together during that time, mm-hmm. whether it was new relationships or mm-hmm. people who worked away from each other and had to live together constantly. Mm-hmm. but for me and Gary, it kind of became that kind of solid year of fun and mm-hmm. like yeah, things were his job was tough sometimes and mm-hmm. um but we connected on that. And and yeah. that became something that we then grew. And still, I mean, he's still, you know, whenever we do gigs and stuff, he's not all of them. But he he, I could I could absolutely not do Cherry Bomb without um, without Gary. And that and that's been a lovely thing for us. And and us being kind of being able to connect on that level, it's mm. been it's been lovely. And
0: everyone knows G-Bomb. Well, yeah, I was <laughs> going to say I see G-Bomb as the entourage in the Queen's <laughs> Arms quite a lot. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I mean, do you, how do you feel when you transform into Cherry Bomb now? Because obviously we've talked about the background and how this has happened, mm-hmm. but when you walk into a gig and you are, I mean, your aesthetic is incredible, so like mm-hmm. when you walk into a venue and it's like, right, showtime, what does that do to you um, in terms of, I don't know how you feel about yourself or mm. just being able to perform in front of an, an audience? Because I can only imagine it must feel so, the energy must be so intense. But what what does it do for you personally? Uh, I think, I mean, for me, the aesthetic is a big part of Cherry
3: Bomb. Mm. I mean, it's definitely come a long way. If you look at the Facebook, live, now everyone's going to be Googling and going to <laughs> Facebook Live and looking at all my, <laughs> my starting points. <laughs> and I do love it though, because I love looking at it and seeing how far it's come. And yeah. I'm not saying by any means I'm like, uh, you know, anywhere near kind of some of the looks of some of the queens, like some of the kind of um, uh, makeup queens and look queens and stuff. Um, and I don't do it for that. For me, it's always been about like, I love all those starlets like mm-hmm. um, like kind of Marilyn Monroe and mm-hmm. Peggy Lee and like the jazz. The, the, all, all, from each kind of era you can look at, there's always been, there's been this kind of blonde bombshell and mm-hmm. this. And for me, it's deeper than just the aesthetic. It's It's kind of, it's putting people off guard a little bit Mm -hmm. or like or like um making people think one thing and then coming in with something different and that's what i love about it and that's what i've tried to be you know try to be embody with cherry and for me walking into a venue and getting that and going in as this kind of floozy and this kind of like sultry kind of Mm -hmm. thing um and then doing what i do which is sometimes like i mean i rap on stage i do parodies i do i'm not i i do different things that you probably wouldn't necessarily expect Mm -hmm. um and i i quite I like that I like that kind of first surprise impression people. yeah, I like to surprise people and i like to i like i mean obviously you get a lot from people sort of going, "Oh, you're beautiful, you're this or that mm-hmm. and a lot of that is to do with it's not really i like unwrapping it a bit, and it's not really about the beauty it is it's about the lips and the hair and mm-hmm. the and the the dress and the fa whatever, mm-hmm. not usually a dress usually it's a leotard
0: um <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm the pal. Like pearl necklaces, that is amazing. Like that look is incredible. (laughs) I think Alfie Ordinary wore that um, fringe last year. I saw that. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah, And
0: it's. I think that's stunning. It's such a good look.
3: Yeah, I wonder if G Bomb give him his pearl necklace too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, it's incredible.
0: Mm. I think it's. Yeah, your look is very, very good. And um, it's funny actually because when I see you out as Johnny, Mm -hmm. I forget that. Cherry doesn't really exist, <laughs> do you
3: know? Honestly, because I think we you... talk. Do you know what we talk about her in the third person? Like it's yeah. it's funny because it's like when I get the lipstick, when I do it, whenever I, and I've done, I've I put on my Instagram kind of a time lapse of me getting ready because uh-huh. I, d- I genuinely do love the process. I love mm-hmm. everything about it. The reason I do, the the reason I do it now, and the reason I've stuck with it is because I genuinely love it. It That's brings great. together all these different elements that I love. I love fashion. I love. Um, beauty makeup hair like all of those things i'm not saying i'm the best at them all i don't i don't hands-on deal with them all in my career or in my past but i've just loved learning about it all from mm-hmm. like a youtube video mm-hmm. go on do it give it a go um and now yeah the, whenever i get the lips on i think it's the point where i start to do the lips it's yeah. like the red lips go on the glitter goes on and it's kind of that's that's kind
0: of cherry. Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely no, i think it's incredible mm-hmm. and so obviously as a queer artist do you feel that you kind of have a responsibility to the community, like locally and beyond where you perform in terms of, you know, drag being, I don't know what I'm trying to say, drag being something more than just a drag show. Mm. Is it important to you to kind of, you know, make sure you're representing the community, but also mm. bringing the community together as well, I guess? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And that, mm. and for me, I mean, the only reason I would say
3: that I transitioned from the Facebook kind of stuff mm-hmm. to what I'm doing now is um the uh, the Bedford tavern you know the Bedford mm-hmm. tavern so uh we we kind of we've been going to the Bedford tavern for years and mm-hmm. gorgeous Adam Brooks who is the the landlord of the Bedford tavern um is the is the reason he created this gorgeous monster <laughs> um no he he gave me um my first opportunity uh, as at a gig um I um, was doing the the Facebook Live stuff and he was watching with Tony. They were doing stuff as well, the piano bingo, mm-hmm. as it was back then, online. Okay. Um, it was a piano bingo without a piano and it was hilarious. If you're looking at trolling through Facebook uh, videos and things like that, those are the things to look for. I mean, okay. Adam and his husband Tony doing these shows were just barmy, chaotic, joyous. Um, and everyone just used to dr- like watch, we, we just sit in our front living rooms, drink it. It was bizarre. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, with Tony dressed up as the Easter cow and things, uh, <laughs> it was just fab. Um, but yeah, we, we, that was part of the reason that we did, um, the, the shows online and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was that kind of whole group of people and that, that pub, I mean, the Bedford Tavern is all about community and, mm-hmm. and a lot of, you don't find a lot of places like that in Brighton, but I think it's getting more so now mm-hmm. that, now that things have opened up and things, um, But safe spaces for the community like that are are so important. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, Adam um, approached me about reopening the pub and he was saying, I'm reopening after lockdown. Um, And Cherry Bomb has a gig. And I was like, oh, what do you want me to do? A game show? And he said, you've got whatever many, you've got two hours, do do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I said, (laughs) so I kind of talked to Gary about it and I thought, Shall we do like, A show? Mm. Like, shall we do cabaret? Like, shall we try? Mm. And at that point, like, thinking about it now, it's like, it was just... I was so nervous. I was Mm. so, like... But I also was so excited. I wanted to put on a show for all of the people who'd waited for so long, like yeah. out of pubs and like not yeah. being able to go. And I was like, let's just put on this this brilliant show. Mm-hmm. So I, I had like performance art in mind. I had like singing in mind. Because I, I, at that point I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to sing well. So I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a couple of songs together. But I managed, I ended up putting a 12 song set together. <laughs> And all of those kind of slow, sultry, Mm -hmm. kind of like, be kind to yourself, don't stretch yourself Mm -hmm. songs, um, and I ended up doing some Nancy Sinatra, some Peggy Lee, some like just a lovely evening of cabaret um, mm-hmm. sitting there in, in what was, uh, I think, a white satin bed sheet um, with a pearl <laughs> necklace strung around the top of it uh, and some red lace underneath to emulate a heart whenever halfway through the set I ripped the top down and there was this bleeding heart of jewels, oh, which, oh which, which I'm making sound very glamorous, but uh, I don't know how it looked in reality. You can probably find the video online somewhere. Um, <laughs> It was, but it was joyous. It was yeah. so joyous, and it was it was a couple of hours of just being with friends mm-hmm. in a pub that I loved. And he gave me that, and that mm-hmm. that uh, like forever grateful. Um, and then from there, it kind of we did monthly gigs, and then uh, that was a, 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 what a year and a half or something ago. And then it just it just went from there. It exploded. But that for me, that uh, to, to answer your question yeah. in a very long way, no, no, <laughs> the community part of it was totally everything about it. That was yeah. it was me going out to um put on a show for my friends and mm-hmm. and to me I was super nervous then even mm-hmm. though it was a pub full of pretty much my friends I was so nervous like sick to the stomach nervous mm-hmm. and I think what's changed for me since then is the nerves are different like the nerves for me I still approach every gig kind as kind of like wanting to um sh- give my friends a show and give mm-hmm. the people who have come a show mm-hmm. um but I'm more nervous about making sure that I perform the best I can for okay. them you know
0: okay so do you think it's a a, a- is it like a perfectionism kind of yeah, pressure? I'm a total okay. Mask, yeah. Okay.
3: I've had to learn I've had to learn a lot of reining that perfectionism in because okay. <laughs> I think with drag you never I mean <laughs> there are some perfect queens out there, I'm sure. Um but I think uh yeah, you're never when you're the kind of person who's kind of riddled with self-doubt mm-hmm. as I am, you're mm-hmm. never gonna reach that. So for me it's just about letting go. And drag is that. Just let go, just have a bit of have a bit of fun with everyone.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, if you some of the best queens make mistakes and mm. like some of the best shows are the unexpected, unplanned mm-hmm. things where someone in the audience says something and you know, that's when you get like the best laugh or whatever, mm. isn't it? Um totally. Yeah. So a year and a half, that's crazy to think how far that's kind of kicked off you. Because you're mm. now performing all over the city and yeah. kind of beyond now as well, aren't you? You're doing other yeah. other locations as well. So it's, it's madness. Yeah. It is madness. And um like
3: yeah i couldn't be more grateful for it because i still mm-hmm. i mean i'm very i'm very fortunate because i've got my i've got my day job and i've got i've got this and i absolutely love doing this mm-hmm. and um and yeah it's gone from uh yeah, uh, having having kind of a, a couple of uh, at one venue and mm-hmm. then and then just catapult into. I mean, I've I, I performed in, in most of the the venues around Brighton. We're bringing drag into Hove. We're preaching the gospel of drag in pubs and hove So I've got my What's local the pub, pub. You go to the exchange. Yes, it, the exchange. I've yeah. got my monthly um, my monthly gig there. Yeah, which is so much. You know what? So much fun and so. All the gigs are different. I love mm-hmm. all the the different venues in different ways, and I've been very fortunate that every, without exception, every gig I've performed at, every venue I've performed at, mm-hmm. the people have been lovely, the venues have been so accommodating, the audiences have been gorgeous. Not mm-hmm. every gig is a, a blowout kind of gig, but mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, I mean, every time it's just lovely, lovely mm-hmm. reception, and in straight venues or or well, typically straight. Um, You've got those kind of audience in the exchange. It goes off like it properly is like I'm always surprised every time. I'm like, okay, so next month is gonna be di- it's gonna be yeah. like the bummer, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's the the crowd, the staff there are so like up for it as well. They're so Amazing. gassed whenever I, whenever I'm there, and they've got posters all around the pub throughout the month, like just <laughs> oh, yeah. promoting me, which is brilliant. Um, and I also do the Sussex um in Hove, which is a lovely. I just did a lunchtime kind of nice smooth ga- cabaret kind of gig. And I've got another gig coming up with them, so yeah, it's all for me the the mix of all these different types of gigs where mm-hmm. it's not just the same thing; it's mm-hmm. different, it's different levels.
0: And also, I think the like you're talking about the the exchange where everyone's really surprised and mm. the gig's always good. I mm. think people that go to those type of places that don't go to like you know the Queen's Arms every mm-hmm. week or the other venues where they have drag for them, it's a real treat because it's something different, isn't exactly. it? So yep. it probably is quite great to have a gig somewhere like that where mm. you are going to be a surprise, but also that kind of release of fun for the month or whatever
3: and then i feed off i mean like we said before i feed off that kind of surprise energy where people don't expect certain things and um and i do that within my gigs in the in the in the lovely like the venues around brighton um the queen's arms and stuff like that it's those kind of moments of whenever you do break into rap or Mm -hmm. you do certain things that i do a couple of little skits throughout my Mm -hmm. show various things that um that are a bit of a shock or a bit of a surprise it's nice um And yeah, I mean, I love it. I just love the fact that it's been picked up and and Mm -hmm. people are kind of asking me to come. And like, I've done a few gigs in London. I've done a few wedding gigs. And like, the private parties are hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like whenever someone books you for something and just says... We just we just want you to do that, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll come dressed in white
0: to your wedding yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and beat your husband Ups, with yeah. <laughs> a,
3: with, a, with with a bouquet of flowers. Yeah, of course I will. I
0: saw you on Instagram uh, <coughs> performing at the uh, Brighton Gin um, opening for the <gasps> the, um, the new distillery. Yeah, that was really cool. Oh, it was really that was a lovely
3: evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah Brighton Gin. Um, I mean, I've I've obviously listened to Kathy Kitten's um, mm. episode in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually listened to it By the Pool in Ibiza. Did you? It was the last one I listened oh, to. Oh, yeah. thank you. Um, and yeah, it was really, really nice. Uh, and yeah, Kathy and Charlie um, asked me to perform at the relaunch of the distillery because mm-hmm. they, they moved um, yeah, yeah, to a lovely bigger premises, mm-hmm. um, which is, I mean, for me, like that's another thing where it's like supporting small businesses mm-hmm. and, and Brighton-based businesses mm-hmm. that are just phenomenal businesses but also genuinely lovely people Mm. is is definitely something i want to pursue more with with cherry and stuff connecting with that
0: yeah i think there's a real sense of community here just generally everyone's willing to help someone out or you know someone Mm. knows someone else where you can connect with someone about whether it be a gig or just something that's going Mm -hmm. on i think there's always someone to to speak with here and i'm i'm that really is quite inspiring for me actually i don't think i've met as many nice people as i have like living here, there's just something really, really lovely about it. Yeah,
3: we've been here. We've been here um, ten years now, just over ten years. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in London before, and I was in Manchester before that. I mean, both lovely, exciting mm. cities and places to be. I studied in Manchester and loved it, but there's nothing. I haven't felt anything quite like Brighton, and no. and this is kind of somewhere. I mean, even if we venture somewhere else down the line, which we definitely won't in the UK, I don't mm-hmm. think. But if we went somewhere abroad or whatever, Brighton to me is the place that feels like home, and yeah. it feels like we've got
0: our our kind of chosen family here yeah, for sure. I agree, absolutely. So obviously, there's loads of great shows out there, mm-hmm. and you know, people watch Drag Race and they kind of go, "Oh my goodness, look at the aesthetic of that! That looks really good, looks really fun." What are the downsides to drag? Because clearly you love it, and we we know that, but. Are there moments where you think, okay, that was a tough gig or I don't want to be Cherry tonight, I can't be asked to do the makeup or, you know, is there other, are there moments where it's just too tough to do it? Yes. <laughs> Next question.
3: Uh, I think everyone who's, who has sat in front of you who uh, does a form of drag has probably said him It's Drag is not comfortable. Right. Um, I mean, it is lovely to, like... Dress up and be the performer and do mm-hmm. and be the, be that kind of character and and i think i've never i don 't think i've ever let it show through in terms of performance and stuff um, whenever but there are times yeah you've been in drag all day mm-hmm. you 're in fourth gig and it's kind of the corset's digging in it's the like top yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean the, people think the tuck's the worst part of it it's i mean it's not the, the corset these i mean for me i'm i've realized during throughout doing drag that I sweat profusely okay. and anyone who's been to my show my front row is called the splash zone not for, any, <laughs> not for anything naughty just because I sweat a lot um, but it's it, yeah because venues tend to be hot mm. and you sweat and makeup mm-hmm. has to be bulletproof mm-hmm. when you're sweating as much as I do but you've got the wig on you've got the corset and stuff not comfortable but the whole idea of it is to provide that illusion that entertainment and I mm-hmm. make fun of it whenever I'm, whenever I'm on stage but there are times when you're just like the best moment that you can think of is to rip everything off yep. and to wipe your face off and go and chill out. At home and <laughs> and chill out exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, it's all, it's all fun. You do it. There's never been a point where I think there's been times where I got, because this year for me has been a yes year. It's just like saying everything yes to cherry. Mm-hmm. Like if I get a book and up to this point um, it's just about being accepting and open mm-hmm. to what's coming, mm-hmm. which you have to be mm-hmm. um, if you want to be serious about, about making it. Um, and for me, I've said yes to so much, and it just—you get full, you get booked, and you don't think about having time to yourself. And Downtown. especially when you've got mm-hmm. kind of day job, mm-hmm. you've got um, the weekend, and you're always it came to a point where I had friends sort of saying to me, what are we going to see? Are we going to see Johnny? Like, are we going to see you as you you at any point? And it's like, well, yes. And then it kind of made me readdress. So now I've got, I've got a lovely year coming up, but I've got a lovely kind of, I've now settled in with my monthly bookings, with my private gigs, with my, Mm -mm. which has got me to a point where I can be quite, um, I can have a, weekend at least for myself mm-hmm. here and there and, mm-hmm. and, and book it in a bit more so the com- the comfort levels are a bit more when you do it that mm-hmm. way yeah. but I think
0: you know like anything it's good to you want to build momentum if something's going well and people mm-hmm. are showing an interest mm-hmm. to kind of go I know it's too much now mm-hmm. I don't want to you've, I think you have to put in the hard graph to Absolutely. start with you don't you and then as you say you can be a bit more picky about what you're doing and stuff mm-hmm. but what what do you think is next where would you like to see Cherry go in the future because um, I, I have to say I, I really did love the game show, um, mm. and I I could totally see you doing something like that. Oh, love um, that. Do you know? I think Cherry is prime for prime time. Done.
3: Mm. Do you know what? I I don't know. I think. I find it bizarre that there were queens like Lily Savage and things on primetime TV and on mm-hmm. doing things like that because that was was that ITV or BBC? That was, it wasn't, it, it was on one of yeah, those. Yeah. I mean, it was... Um, extreme, wasn't it? Yeah, and and obviously there was the things on, there was the queer stuff that was happening and and I don't know about uh, other people looking at queer representation, but me growing up, there was not a lot. Um, and looking at things like Queer as Folk and stuff, you used to watch under your covers at mm-hmm. night. Before. <laughs> so yes. you but but even for me, for me, it's not even that. it's It's kind of... As me being a queer person, being up there performing as that gender kind of um, uh, mix or that that mm. play, playing with gender. And mm-hmm. um, I know that um, whenever Billy Gold was on, she was talking about that playing with gender. She loves that. And we've, we've kind of bonded on that love mm-hmm. to kind of mix people's perceptions of what mm-hmm. gender raising can be. For me, I always want to have that element with Cherry. But I'd love it to be something that's that's a bit more mainstream. I'd love yeah. to be... And I think, I, you know, I think I would definitely take on the challenge of being on a, a TV show or on something like that. It'd be amazing. Maybe not so much. The first question everyone asks when you're a drag queen is, do you want to go on that show? Yes. And I think that I kind of... <laughs> I don't know. I think I've... Like it would be incredible like that. Mm. I, I, I have no doubt that, you know, it propels people into, mm-hmm. um, into stardom and things, but I don't know whether I've just become
0: a bit detached from it a bit recently, mm. certain like recent series and stuff. Um It's got to be the right level of stardom as well. It's like, you've got to really, yeah. cause that, cause actually, you know, that show's great, mm. but you tend to find that people go into certain directions after that. Yep. And actually you, at the moment you've got control you yeah. can say well actually no, I want to take it in this direction not yeah. be forced into a into
3: yeah. a box or such I guess so yeah I mean I'm never I don't I don't sort of foresee Cherry being, as much as my singing has definitely improved and come along I don't see her being a singing queen but I I love I love the idea of it being some sort of host or some sort of yeah. I always like to keep it a bit spicy though I, mm. like to, I like to. I'd like you to do keep doing things that are a little bit edgy um,
0: but yeah I love it to you maybe show. you like a game show for Fringe next year <gasps> you're your own game yes. show and then have like an audience selling out and that'd be amazing oh let's do it I'm inc- gonna do it it'd be incredible it'd be Gary, so good take that done
3: <laughs> take that done yeah but
0: again it's like you know you may be then exposed to a different audience yeah. that you wouldn't necessarily see in you know, places like Legends of the Queen's yeah. Arms or I mean, who knows? I the, I could not. I, I I can honestly
3: say, and I think a lot of people can say as well. Um, I could not have imagined me being kind of where I am now, yeah. being able to say that I'm a, a booked gigging queen, mm. singing queen around um, around Brighton and beyond. Like that, that for me. I mean, when I got my first gig in the Queen's, I'll always remember all the firsts. Like all the mm-hmm. all of the firsts have been amazing. When I got, um, when I when Adam gave me the the booking in Bedford Tavern, whenever I got the booking in Queen's Arms, and um, I, I've done all, like all of the different places um, mm-hmm. around the first slot in Legends. Whenever I did the three the, mm-hmm. the three thirty Legends brunch like uh, drag slot, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's like I when I came here ten years ago, yeah. I could
0: it wasn't even. On my kind no. of radar. That's amazing, though, how much life can change and. Totally. You know, yeah, totally, you, opportunities open up. Yeah, I, yeah, I think a, a game show for you would be fantastic. <laughs> you would be incredible. You really would.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass?
0: Um, so we always talk about, ally- you'll know this, we always talk about allyship on the podcast mm-hmm. as well. So what does it mean to you in terms of allyship and how can we encourage people to be better allies within the community, but mm-hmm. also how do we get people to be allies outside of the community as well?
3: Um, yeah, good question. I think um, I- I'm I'm always aware that I'm trying to be the best ally that I can mm-hmm. be to to people within our community. Um, and I think the biggest learning curve for me has been not to give people, uh, we, we do not, if you don't have the answer, you find the answer, you mm-hmm. go and look for it. And I think that that's what a lot of people have said to you in, in response to it is mm-hmm. that it's not our responsibi- uh, responsibility to educate people on, on, on mm-hmm. what and who we are. Mm-hmm. It's for other people to educate themselves. And for me, I'm the biggest advocate of that. And I'm not. I I think I used to be I'm I definitely come from a place of being a people pleaser and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and my biggest kind of th- growth in that has been to not to, to have the uncomfortable conversations and be mm-hmm. able to say to someone well to stop them if it's going down the route of I've had so many awkward conversations so mm-hmm. many uncomfortable conversations with mm-hmm. people about um gender sex um identity all those things mm-hmm. where Whereas maybe in the past I would have kind of been gone along with them and sort of like, oh, they just don't know what they're talking about. Whereas mm-hmm. now it's kind of like, well, no, mm-hmm. that you need to readdress how, you, mm-hmm. how your point of view on that. And if you don't
0: want to, then fair enough, but Mm. don't come to me with it, you know? So Are those the uh, conversations that start with, um, I'm not being funny, or I don't mean to cause offence, or do you mind if I ask you a really personal question? And you're just a bit like, why?
3: No, no. Well, no, I think, I can't remember who you spoke to about it, but it's that thing of, yeah, I like this, like, I'm fine with this, I'm fine with this, Mm. but I don't get the non-binary thing. Mm. And for me, like, I've, I, I mean... I would also say that I think we're all on our own personal journey with Absolutely. who we are and what we are, and I think it was all very, as much as we'd like to say it wasn't. I think it's it was very binary in the past, like I said mm. to you in Northern Ireland, growing up, it was gay or lesbian mm. or, or whatever, and without any sort of um, any role models or any mm. kind of plans or. And I think for me, like I've I've always spoken to Gary about that. We've spoken to my friends about this. That I feel so fortunate to be queer. I mm. feel I am. I, um, so proud to be queer and i'm Mm -hmm. so grateful because actually it gave me a fast track Mm -hmm. to not accepting Mm -hmm. you immediately know that you don't fit yeah you 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 don't need to learn that you know it Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people who are coming from a straight point of view are from not even straight just like feel like they're comfortable fitting in Mm -hmm. don't have to ask themselves those questions whereas Mm -hmm. from a young age we have to ask ourselves quite hard questions um, even if we don't realize what they are or who we are and for me i i'm still on that journey like i yeah. i kind of um went into the box of that gay man kind of thing and never felt comfortable with man never felt comfortable with that that box and still don't yeah. and i'm kind of on the journey of understanding what my gender fluidity is mm. and um and and the cherry thing is probably part of that it's probably mm. pulled some of that feminine energy and that mm. and fulfilled some of that that need um but definitely is not my gender representation from Mm -hmm. as me for me as a person but has maybe um eased some of that for me um and also from a sexuality point of view for me uh, i'm i i'm pansexual and i kind Mm -hmm. of came to that realization through quite a tough year last year and Mm -hmm. and just started thinking you know if i'm well if i'm going down this hole of anxiety and depression i may as well like bring myself out and look at everything you have Mm -hmm. to kind of unwrap everything then Mm -hmm. and i ended up unwrapping those feelings and that Mm -hmm. and and pansexual felt like the one that sat with me. Mm-hmm. May change, I don't know. But mm-hmm. for me, um, I'm obviously also very privileged and fortunate to be coming at that from a point of view of a very happy, mm-hmm. loving relationship that I've been in for the last eighteen years, mm-hmm. <laughs> eighteen years and eight years married. <laughs> I know we don't make all. He's enough. looking at me, raised eyebrows. <laughs> he's he's doing cut the mic, cut the mic. Um, we. Yeah, and, and and to be honest, I I honestly would not have got through last year without mm-hmm. Gary, and and that that for us, and we're both on that journey. We're both kind of you know mm-hmm. so super supportive of each other, and and um and my my kind of that question of allyship for me, um people who are trying to find themselves on their own is it's hard. It's mm. hard to find yourself. It is something you have to do on your own. But for me, having been with Gary for so long and having been able to go through that journey with someone who's your best friend, who's mm-hmm. your support, who's your mm-hmm. uh, your everything is it, it just makes it a little bit easier. I think, you know.
0: I think the the community and we've talked about community lights on this on this podcast, but I definitely feel it's strength in numbers and, you know, being in the smoking area at the pub or being in a coffee shop, just chatting with someone about about the things we're talking about right now. You know, this podcast is so important. You know, I I didn't really get to have those conversations from my hometown. So being here and just being able to speak with different people about these types of types of things and the growth that we all have as queer people, I think it's incredibly important because someone may be feeling that inside themselves but they hear someone else talking and they go oh I, I feel that way too maybe it's okay to have that conversation and we're all grow, we all grow up to filter and to block these things out because we think no no, no let's just try and put ourselves in these boxes or whatever or yeah. try and blend because it was tough enough being queer and young or whatever let's just kind of we found our place let's just kind of but I think I've definitely changed over the last mm-hmm. you know I've been with Theo for 17 years I'm, I don't recognize the person I was when we first met you know we you change so much as people so why wouldn't your way of looking at gender or sexuality change. It's just such a natural evolvement really, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. and I do, I, I agree with you. I, I love being queer. I do. I mm. think it's a superpower. I just, I would not choose anything else. So. It, it
3: is. And do you know what? I think, it's one of those things where I hate whenever it becomes an us and them thing, but it absolutely is sometimes and has to be because especially with things like people saying that Pride is a stopping a protest and Pride has become a party. For me, Pride is a joyous celebration of who we are and what we are and we're here and that in itself is a protest. I mean, mm-hmm. I think people have the the concept of the fact that a protest has to be violent and this and or mm-hmm. uh, not violent, has to be um out there in the streets with placards, mm-hmm. which it absolutely does mm-hmm. have to be in certain points, but for me a protest sometimes is enough it, it is in itself being unapologetically you. Mm-hmm. And I think um as a queer as queer people we do that and we mm-hmm. kind of have a default to do that. Yeah. Um when we're brave enough to do so and accept it within ourselves. Um but I think also I would say that there's a lot of straight, inverted commas, people out there who would absolutely benefit from having those kind of open conversations, Mm -hmm. which just is not part of a lot of straight kind of setups. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. straight relationships, straight friendship groups, straight, we have that word straight for that, but I think things are changing and to the Mm -hmm. point where... I mean, the ideal is that we don't have those labels, Mm. right? That the world is queer and the world is a spectrum of queer. And Mm. yes, there may be some people at the absolute zero of that and there's some people at there's absolute hundred. But um, the idea is that we're all struggling the same. We're all having these issues. We're all having different types of issues. And Mm. whenever we stop trying to tell people what and who they should be, I think Mm. that's whenever it stops being queer
0: and straight it's, it's just yeah. we're all people yeah people <laughs> and we're a spectrum and everyone can yeah. feel one way but also change and that's yeah. that's lovely what would you like to see change within our community over the next 12 months what do you think needs to be changed changed
3: what needs to be changed i think people just need to be kind mm-hmm. and that sounds like a really salty answer but um as much as everything has been beautiful and lovely and growing, and over the last couple of years, I've experienced a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. There's also bits of little bits of shittiness, mm-hmm. and there's bits of just unnecessary shittiness that mm-hmm. I think we all just have to we all just have to lift each other up. And for me um the cherry bomb thing has always been about lifting an audience up and i'm not i think the, the greatest compliment i ever get from audiences is oh my god you you made me like laugh you made me smile or mm-hmm. or you didn't pick on me or mm-hmm. or you weren't you weren't offensive and i kind of th- as much as i love like every form of drag every, all those forms of entertainment um for me there is no point the cherry bomb would be the kind of queen that would bring someone down yeah, because it's yeah. just not my at the expense of someone else, at the expense of the person you're speaking to, mm-hmm. I don't that it's just not how I operate. Mm-hmm. It's not how I am as a person, so it's not something I would bring into my drag performance mm-hmm. um and so my my whole thing has been about lifting people up, and in some cases self deprecations so like mm-hmm. where I make a bit of a laugh of myself, a bit of joke of myself but um, but yeah, I think we just need to really focus on lifting each other up and if you if you manage to make it somewhere put your hand back bring someone with you mm-hmm. and kind of or or at least like share something with someone mm-hmm. and, and let them know that they that they can do it or they can do this or oh god I was I was doing this last week or last mm-hmm. year I was I was in my living room with a phone on my my, on my
0: bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Look at me now. You Look can do me this now. too. <laughs> Look, Mom, I made it.
0: <laughs> but I think, and again, it goes back to what we were just talking about about community and allyship, isn't it? It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, lifting people up is so important and Absolutely. all of that kind of aligns. Thank you so much. That was lovely. I really did enjoy talking about that. Um, this is the round, which I hope you're prepared for. You've listened to all the other episodes. Do you know I've listened and I haven't? I don't. I think I've forgotten all of the questions. This is quick fire. Are quick you going to quick fire me? Yeah, but they're different questions. Oh shit! So they're like different ones on each, uh, each that's, that's not allowed. I, pr- I practiced in all the season one ones. There are a couple which are the same, to be fair. But um, yeah, we'll see how well you do. So queer icon.
3: Oh, God. Um, queer icon. Um, oh, my God. Queer icon. You did ask this in the first... Do you know, do, is the person queer or are they an icon to the queer community? Because for me... me I I mean, Marilyn Monroe for me mm-hmm. was just this floating entity within a world of men that knew her power, knew what she was didn't back down and i think it's it's such a tragedy a tragedy that we lost her when we did mm-hmm. um but to me she she's an absolute icon and she used she kind of i think in a kind of way this is a quick fire so i shouldn't be doing this but for uh cherry bomb it is that kind of i talked yeah. to you before about putting people off guard and and being like a um a woman in a man's world yes. kind of thing which yeah. i'm not but um I love that and in in my kind of day job of the tailoring world it's kind of like a world of men uh-huh. and being this queer person in it I quite like
0: that. So okay. I feel
3: like she was this entity a beautiful entity within this this space of, Do you think she like,
0: embodied strength
3: and oh God, character yeah. and it's kind of what's inspiring about her? Yeah, but did it in an in such um uh, in such a way that kind of um yeah, w- disarmed people. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. she disarmed them with her beauty and intelligence, it, mm-hmm. it, like behind it. But with her kind of comedy, I think a little mm-hmm. bit, and people underestimated her. But she was, she was a badass. badass I really yeah. love her.
0: No one has said Marilyn Monroe. So I like that. I That's cool. Queer anthem. Um, uh, uh, um,
3: do you know what I don't? I. Again, I don't know if this is a queer anthem or not, but um, we we just heard it. Uh, Pete Tong played it in um, Passion with Marabita, and it's um, uh, oh, what's it called? Is it called Show Me Love? Baby, if you want me, yeah, you you get that. You gotta show me love, which is by which uh, Candy Statton sang it originally, and apparently she sang it for this show that was about a guy losing weight back in the. Uh, 80s or something and then it was taken and then the source like collaborated with her and made this banger of a tune wow Um, and uh, and yeah it was um, yeah it was is it show me love yeah you gotta show me love yeah but I don't think that's what I'm thinking of love is I'm thinking of um Sometimes I feel like throw- Oh my god, absolutely the wrong song Forget what I just said <laughs> it's, it's you've got Sometimes the love. I feel like Throw my hands up in the air yeah, You've got the love You've got, you got the love yeah, god, yeah, yeah. I was almost there Not Show Me Love um, You've Got the Love Which again was Candy Statton And yes. did that yeah, yeah. um Yeah, You've Got to Show Me Love uh, Pete Tong played it And it was an absolute banger in the uh-huh. club But then I actually looked back on it And was like This song The lyrics Like sometimes the road is too tough And uh-huh. I literally properly got emotional this week Aww. About it thinking about it Because last year was a rough road for everyone, mm. and it is literally like all you need mm-hmm. f- is that person uh, to show you love. And mm-hmm. and for me, I get
0: that obviously through my lovely oh, husband. Oh, but but from an audience as well, like mm. you, if you show someone love, like that's kind of mm-hmm. half the journey, isn't it? I love that so many songs that are like the bangers have got like the most powerful lyrics. Sometimes, oh yeah, you can listen to a song and it can be so emotional, but yeah. you. Yeah, because well, it's a club song. You're dancing, you're drunk. You don't really think about it. But it's when you really listen to some of these songs, it's like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and
3: the fact that it was originally—I mean, it's obviously mm. been repeat, been covered to death. But um, Candy Staten, I love the fact that she did that, and she also did what was that song she did before? It was oh, um, um, Young Hearts Run Free. Young Hearts Run Free, which is the worst. I mean, amazing song, but the lyrics, like yeah. the worst song, is like he'll yeah. leave
0: you and you'll be left with the baby love. It's yeah. like yeah, it's like <laughs> glad you did. You got to show me love because that turned it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, two ends yeah. of the spectrum there. Yeah. Um, A drag. Accessory that you could not live without. Pearl necklace. Pearl necklace. <laughs> <laughs> pearl necklace,
3: yeah, probably um oh I don't know. accessory a fan. Oh my god, a yes, a fan. For the sweating. sweating you yeah. need a fan, honey. Yeah. I, I bought think- a
0: big fan from the birdcage for pride. And I have to gorgeous. say, I got really hot today. So I'm sitting there in my lounge with this fan. <laughs> if <laughs> the neighbours walk past it, it would be quite funny. The
3: most amazing uh, invention is those little fans that are tiny. They look like old-fashioned microphones, but they're tiny little caged, mic- uh, caged fans. Uh-huh. Um, and I've discovered that they are... Equally as joyous for drag queens as they are for perimenopausal women, women oh, really? in my audience who have said, "Please fan me with that," because it is so
0: hot in here. They're gorgeous, yeah. Some of the venues are boiling, like so hot. Mm, look, uh, this summer, the queen's arms. My goodness, people were like dripping off the stage. It was, it was intense, including me. Yeah, it was really intense. Mm. Yeah, not good. Um, Brighton Beach or Hove lawns. Oh, um, oh, both. <laughs> both. But
3: yeah, Hove lawns, I guess, because. It's quicker to get there. <laughs> yeah. There is like, a beach right next to it. Though. I love. Well, there is. I love. I love um, our oh, Brighton Beach. I love Brighton Beach. We walk the dogs a lot on lawns. So. Oh, you have dogs. Oh yeah. How many? I've got two little doggies. Aww. One. We had two Frenchies. The OG Bell, our gorgeous French bulldog, um, who would have been ten. I oh, died in December. Very Aww. sad. Um, and literally was the biggest heartbreak of my life. Um, it was traumatic um, but we've now got a little rescue called Pearl oh. and she's made the other French Bulldog Piero very happy okay. so, so yeah we we walk them all over Brighton Hove spot, spotted around Brighton Hove with a French Bulldog and a three
0: quarter. Dax and Jack Russell. (laughs) Yeah, I think every gay couple in Brighton's got dogs, (laughs) apart from us. (laughs) Honestly, I love them. Yeah, it's just there's everyone's got dogs. I think Mm. just everyone's got dogs. Generally, Mm. there are just so many around the city. um, Do you know what? It's lovely.
3: Growing up in Northern Ireland, not a dog place. Mm. Yes, farm dogs and stuff. Dogs Mm -hmm. at the house. It's getting better now, but um, but absolutely no dogs in the pub or anywhere in the town or in the city.
0: Here, love it. You can bring them anywhere. I love that. You walk into a coffee shop and a yeah. dog walks in or whatever. Have you seen the dog on the beach that's got, like, um, the most immaculate, beautiful, straightened hair, which has got, like... What, like Afghan hound style? It's like... It's basically like... Looks um, like Cindy Crawford. Yeah, and it's yeah. got, like, the balls on the bottom of the hair. The balls? Oh, yeah. no. So, basically, there's this dog, right? It's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And it runs along, or trots, and it has, like, um... It has this hair which kind of like comes down like it's been straightened, and at the bottom of it, it's been like plattered and then put into a ball and things. Oh wow! It's amazing. And like the feet have all got this beautiful long hair and sounds fabulous. Yeah, it's mm. it's the campus dog in the city. I will look at it. Yeah, you. please do. I have
3: this. I've seen the one that looks like it runs along like it's in a um, a, a hair. Shampoo, a shampoo advert like <laughs> Claudia Schiffer or something like an Afghan hound who looks like its owner
0: maybe um, maybe it's the same dog but you just haven't noticed the balls <laughs> <laughs> maybe i look out for the balls, for the balls. <laughs> Um last day on earth what are you having for dinner
3: oh dinner um oh oh I always, you know what I listened to these before and I'm like oh come on come up with an answer it's not that difficult and now I'm like oh what would I like um do you know what? Probably, um, probably, <laughs> I don't know, Irish stew? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what? We're, we're dabbling with veganism. We're trying to be like How good with, yeah, well, no, for the, about a few years we've been, um, we haven't bought any dairy or meat for the house and stuff. Um, just in a little attempt to, you mm-hmm. know, progress into that way of life. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've been I've been doing all sorts of like making meals that don't have dairy or mm-hmm. or, or meat as their thing. Um, I don't know. I love pasta. I love. I am a big foodie, so I would like have like a lot of different mm-hmm. things. So I can't quite pinpoint. I'm now being shown a picture of this dog from uh, the side
0: from Gary. Yeah, that's yeah, like that gorgeous. one. But it's got big balls on the bottom of the legs
3: and um, stuff. Yeah. 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 I would have a big buffet as my last meal Ooh. with lots of different types of Lots of, of food. beige food. Mm. No, okay. well, not beige, just like lots of... Not like an Iceland buffet, like a buffet of gorgeous Italian
0: no food. God, no, like Gala pie uh, or anything? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, and a drink that all fans should buy for you at your shows? Oh a cherry, bomb, a cherry bomb. Cherry bomb shot. Taken Brighton
3: by Storm is the cherry bomb. Yeah, we um we always used to have skittle bombs at the Bedford Tavern and we uh-huh. created the be- the um the cherry bomb. I think mainly because Adam had like a load of um cherry liqueur, cherry brandy <laughs> um bottles that uh we mixed with um with Red Bull, okay. E- energy drink. Other brands are available. Um <laughs> And so it just became a thing where we had like um, a bit of cherry liqueur and then energy drink on top, and it's actually uh-huh. delicious. Well, I,
0: I had one. I won it when I did the Saturday oh, yeah, you night did, challenge. Yes. Yeah, and
3: did you like it? I did. Yeah, sweet, but more than a mouthful.
0: Yes. sums me up. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really nice drink of the night. Actually, mm. it was um, uh, apple liqueur. So it's like. Captain Morgan spice apple shots oh. with Red Bull. Oh. It was like an apple bomb or something. Nice. Yeah, that was quite wow. good. Mm.
3: Yeah, that or a gin and tonic. I usually have oh, on stage yeah. like a good G and Do you know what? I had to start doing fake G and Ts on stage for quite quite some time because I mean you t- you cannot you have to be careful with your drinking. Yeah, I guess it can be, <laughs> on yeah. Stage.
0: For, how many weeks week exactly. doing it's kind of lots of mm. yeah. Actually, a few other queens I've spoken to have said that they've got fake shots and stuff. They oh don't. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah your secrets out there Look, thank you so much this has been amazing i've oh. absolutely loved speaking with you and um yeah if anyone hasn't seen your shows they need to because they are incredible and i'm um, very much looking forward to watching uh, you again in the future but thank I look you so much forward
3: to seeing you and everyone at my gigs <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank you darling
0: thank you well what an incredible episode i absolutely loved speaking to johnny so so much It's so amazing to see these artists perform on the circuit, but actually to sit down and talk with them and really find out about their story and how their act was created is just a real thrill for me and it definitely is a perk of doing this podcast. I absolutely love it. You can follow Johnny, aka Cherry Bomb, on social media. They're on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. And check out their TikToks. You will not be disappointed. They are absolutely incredible but big thank you to johnny once again for being on the podcast and to all of you for listening until next time don't forget to like share and subscribe to this podcast you can follow me on instagram facebook and twitter my handle is at fluey actually you can also check out my website